Here we go. It is Pet Chat and very excited to welcome to the show Daniel Carrington. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Good to see you. Thank you very much. So lovely to work on this shift with you, this particular shift after many, many years of working together. I know. It's been 10 years. Well, you've been here the whole time for Pet Chat, haven't you? Yes. And and Dr. Kimberly Earl, you've actually come in to have some morning tea with me. So you've been keeping me company for the last hour or so, which has been lovely. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I'm going to be very sad to see you go as well. But look, it, it's not the last pet chat. Don't you worry about that. It will be back next week and you'll have Mark. He, you know, you know, at Christmas he's going to play you the, the barking dogs. That's his favourite thing. So, I mean, that's the silver lining. The silver lining. <laughs> of course, we're here to take your calls, 49216216. Jenny, what will we be chatting about today if there's time? We will talk to Sue Barker from um, Rescue Dog Rescue Newcastle. We love Sue. And in regards to the amount of dogs that they need help to rescue and rehome. Okay. And the issues there, why they've got so many. And Kimberly, anything that you're seeing at the moment? Uh, we'll probably just touch on ways to keep your um, furry friends happy in this wet weather. I've been worried about the furry friends mm. in this weather. Let's go to Robin. You're in Newcastle. Robin, you've got a question today for Dr. Kimberly Earl. I have, thanks, Sarah. Um, I have a rescue ragdoll cat, and he's the most beautiful cat. There's, he's perfect except for one thing he does. And he likes to wee on the tiles in the kitchen. Okay. And is there something that, and he hasn't got a UTI, I've got been down that road with him. Sure. Is okay, so you haven't checked you it. Has he always him? done this or is this a new problem? No, ever since I've had him. Okay. So we talk a lot about inappropriate urination in cats and it is a really complex thing. Um, a lot of cats will have substrate aversions or they won't like where their litter box is or what kind of litter box they have. Um, some cats prefer their litter boxes to be um, bigger. Other prefer them uh, um, not to have any sort of covering over top of them. We, we often think of cats as liking to get into hidey holes, but apparently they don't like to toilet in hidey holes. So um, the oh, behaviorists okay. often tell us to make sure that there's no lid on it. You may need to try a few different types of litter. You may need to go from a sand, um, you know, sort of a sand or clay-based noose, uh, Uh, litter to a recycled newspaper type litter you may need to try a few different things making sure also that you're cleaning up the tiles not just with a floor cleaner but they're using some sort of an enzymatic cleaner that's actually going to break down the pheromones because you can mask the smell with um, a cleaner or you know pine clean or whatever or you can put vinegar on it but the pheromones will still be there in the grout and on the tile and that will potentially draw the cat back so you need to make sure you get a really good um, a, a specific pet urine remover that will break down those proteinaceous enzymes that are there Um, and then you know the other things to do is to have a look unfortunately ragdolls are a cat breed that is known to have some anxiety issues so there may be something about where you've got your litter box maybe moving it to a different room that would be helpful Um, using some pheromone therapy some fairly weight diffusers things like that in the house might be helpful Um, he still uses both I've got two trays for him yep um, because I've heard that you know you should have more than one one. yep yeah, and he still uses those, yep. but it's night time. Mm-hmm. He tends to want to just do it in the kitchen. In the kitchen, <laughs> Not yeah. on the carpet, but on tiles. Yeah, okay. And so have a so, look at what's different um, at night time. You know, maybe go into the, the room, the space where you've got your litter boxes at night, and are there funny shadows or something like that that's um, making him aversive to going in there? Um, you know, maybe leave a light on if it's in the laundry or, or you know, something like that. Um, it wouldn't hurt in some cases to put him into a smaller space and confine him so he's not practicing that behavior
here as well. So you might find, yeah. oh, he might keep you up at night howling. That's the only thing. But, you know, <laughs> you, you'll have to try a few different things. It is a frustrating thing. But, um, you know, work on anxiety because he's a rag doll and, and by default they're pretty anxious, mm. I'm afraid. Mm. Thank and you for the call. I've known him. Yeah. Yeah. Him yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks, no Robin. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Cole uh, in Hamilton. Now, you've got a question about bones for Kimberly. Yes, I have. I'm just wondering what bones I should give my little fox terrier, right? Okay. And, and what, give them big bones, give yeah. them chicken bones. I heard that you're supposed to give them chicken bones. Not is chicken, that yeah. So the, the recommendation that we'd always have is to give big bones and give raw bones. We would mostly avoid chicken bones wherever possible. My, um, my personal and our, our business philosophy is we actually don't recommend bones because we would have one or two patients a year who have died or had a serious injury due to what should have been a safe bone. But lots of people still do it successfully. It's still very common um, thing. So we want to make sure we're never giving cooked bones. We want to give nice big bones so that hopefully they can't break off any pieces. We don't want to get any shards stuck there. Um, chicken bones can be problematic um, and there's also some issues with chicken in terms of raw, um, you know, if you're giving raw things chicken has a lot of bacteria that has been associated with a number of different diseases um, so, you know, just be careful I think um, lots of dogs will will be quite fine with bones but occasionally we get one that just does something, you know, silly or they get themselves into trouble so it's not 100% safe um, but yeah, I would always go for big, something that's big um, keeping in mind that bones can have a lot of fat on them, the meat but also the marrow is really fatty and so you might want to you know skip dinner that day if your dog's had a nice fresh bone there'll be plenty of calories in that for them if they're good chewing at it okay thank mm-hmm. you very much and look we're going to try to get sue uh, barker on the line now now denny what are we chatting to sue about today look we know that during COVID we had lots and lots of people take up pets and uh, now what's happening though is uh, sometimes some of these people can no longer have these pets. So mm. what's happening in terms of our rescue organisations? But, you know, that's not the main problem. There's some other issues of why so many dogs are being handed back to rescue organisations. It's And so we'll discuss sad. those issues and what people can do to help out the rescue organisations. Well, she's a regular on the, uh, on the show. Have we got you there, Sue? Yes, you have. <laughs> Hi, Sue. Thanks for joining us. Look, uh, as I was just saying, um, there's some other issues that are happening in terms of why uh, you guys are getting lots of dogs being handed in. There, there are several reasons. Obviously, uh, COVID, animals acquired during COVID is one of them. Um, rental, uh, lack of rental, dog-friendly or cat-friendly rental accommodation is another um, but certainly the changes in New South Wales laws regarding um, killing of companion animals in pounds have changed so that each pound of shelter is obliged to um, reach out to rescue groups to try and take any of the animals from those facilities before they're a- allowed to euthanise them, whereas, you know, previously it was just they did what they liked, um, that they could just euthanise them without trying to get rescues to take them. But I mean, as, as it's happening at, at the moment, rescue groups are so full, we just we can't cope with the volume of re- requests that we're having from p- the pounds to actually help take some of these poor animals. So, Sue, we, we mentioned some dogs being handed back now to rescue organisations that were purchased during COVID. You're mentioning the rental crisis. That's particularly bad. And people to find a rental may not be able to have a pet, so they have to give up their pet. 
but has this is this the worst it's ever been? Because we often speak about the fact that it's quite bad. How does this time compare now to say before COVID in terms of the amount of dogs you have to work out and find a home for? Definitely the worst I've ever seen it. And I've been doing rescue for far too long. And it's definitely the worst that we've, well, I myself personally and our rescue group has ever seen. I've been doing rescue since about 1984, really. So it's a long time and this is the worst I've ever seen it. Uh, so how many dogs, like, for example, do you have with carers at the moment that you have to find a home for? Well, probably about 100. Okay. That's a lot, isn't it? That's that? a lot. And, like, how many come in every week to just your organisation? And I'm sure you have to say no to some most probably. Well, that's the problem at the moment. The dogs aren't moving as quickly as they did previously. So that there's a build-up. We're not able to take more dogs in because other dogs that we have in care haven't been adopted. And so, that's for other reasons, like people who want to adopt them can't get rental approval to have pets. And the message it's here as well is don't get a, a puppy, don't get a new dog, adopt a dog. There are so many dogs that, that need rehoming that it's um you know it's so sad that they're they're not totally and look you've still got these backyard breeders everywhere like that allow their big dogs and i'm you know i mean big dogs to have a litter every time they come into season these litters are up to you know 12 puppies I, um, I guess yeah. when you say that too, like I, I, I'm a purebred breeder and we have a code of ethics. We have legislation coming out to limit how much breeding can be done. And so there's been all this legislation come through and, and theoretically we should be having less dogs out there, but it doesn't seem to be the case. As you say, there's a lot of people who are not governed by a code of ethics, who are not governed by legislation that are just breeding their dogs. Is that what's happening? Totally, totally. And the councils, are, you know, not taking action. No one is. They're, they're just free to breed as many animals as they want. Mm. And then all these dogs have to be found a home for. And they're big litters. Like someone gives away 12 bull arrow. I'm just picking bull arrow because they're a big breed. Staffy bull arrow cross puppies. So they give them away, not microchip, not nothing, no trace of them. And those animals quite often go to irresponsible owners who, again, in turn, allow them to breed. Oh, we just want them to have a first litter, you know, it's better yeah. for the dog and we can't afford to get it to fix. And it goes on. So it just compounds all the time with backyard breeders. So if we can just finish on a note that if you are looking at rehoming a, do a dog, please contact Dog Rescue Newcastle because they have lots to rehome. Absolutely. Well, yes. if you can adopt as well or if you can help foster, um, I guess it's the place to, to touch base with as well. Sue, where can people head to the website? Yes, the website, or that you, I'm happy for them if they want to foster to get, have my mobile number. I oh, will just so, give out the website and we can give, give that off air. That's fine. All right, thank you. So it's dogrescuenewcastle.com.au, is that right? That's correct. Beautiful. Yes. Head there and, as you said, Denny, if you're in a position where you can maybe help and, and foster for a little while mm. or if you're in the market and looking for a pet, go there and see And that's just one out. big organisation here, Absolutely. 100 dogs on their books now. Like, it's just getting worse. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention mm. today. It is scary. You'd be seeing it as well, Kimberly. Yeah, we're seeing lots and lots of COVID puppies, the puppies that didn't get well socialised, they didn't and go to puppy school. Um, lots of behaviour problems for the you know the vets in our industry who have a, a behaviour interest. Um, and yeah, like spay and neuter your pets, like desex your pets, because there's so many out there already. We really don't need any more unless you're you know like a true you know breeder. Mm. Okay, doing Thank it responsibly. You. Kimberly, we've just been indulging in <laughs> some um, chocolate. 
off air. Can you believe that one of our amazing volunteers, Jodie, she made special chocolate. It's called Farewell Sarah Chocolate. <gasps> You'll so be missed. You'll oh be so gosh. missed. It's you even will got be. my face on it. I know, it's great. She's so clever. So I get to, I mean, it's the perfect gift for me, getting to eat chocolate. chocolate. And it's got my face on it. It's just the best. Don't Calorie give your free. pets chocolate. Don't give your pets chocolate. <gasps> See, you're such a good vet. Don't give the pets chocolate. Kimberly, what what are you seeing at the moment coming into the clinic? Mm, skin, lots of skin things. So we usually associate skin with sometimes hot weather, um, but it's really damp at the moment. So all of our dogs, you know, they're going to the toilet outside and their feet are constantly wet. Yeah. So lots of... Um, people coming in and their dogs are licking the feet and the feet are constantly wet and if you look in between the toes and underneath their feet are quite red and moist um, so we're you know really encouraging people to particularly your house dogs when they're coming in um, towel dry their feet but get up in, t- in between the toes and in the foot pads and really dry those off and be looking for signs of um, redness and and infection so like dogs when they lick their feet they'll often do that as a um, initially it starts out my feet are wet I'll just lick them and then they'll get nice and clean but the bacteria from their mouth seeds an infection into the into the skin and then bacteria love warm moist environments so you yeah. can get a really sore feet um, either from bacteria or from yeast there um, so yeah lots of lots of recommendations for drying off feet and sometimes foot bathing if it's already gotten to a point where you've got an infection those outside dogs too we want to make sure that we're really checking on them because um, these cold cold days you you know, it's not so bad if you're dry and it's cool out, but if you're wet constantly, excuse me, if your dog is constantly um, damp, they're going to be a lot more prone to having skin infections and things. And even just getting, you know, getting a chill, um, older dogs with the arthritis and things that they often will have, it's hard. And I guess mm. when we think of ourselves, like there's nothing worse than being out in the cold and, and wet. So mm. your pets are the same. So they can be outside, but they need to, I guess, to have a dry, warm, secure area, yeah. particularly, you know, with weather like Something this. Something dry, yeah. I mean, I've got a covered over deck and with the wind and the stormy weather we've been having, like half of my deck has been wet. Yeah. And so my dog's inside, but um, where her bed is out on the deck, where she, when we do leave her outside, it's all still been wet. So you, you may need to make some accommodation in the backyard and really make sure that, you know, that the pets are safe and warm and dry. Um, you know, changing out blankets if they've got blankets so that they're not yeah. sitting on soggy, wet stuff all the time. And everything gets a little bit smelly when it's wet. I know, mm. you know, even taking Gizzy outside at the moment as you said they're, they're getting yep. he's getting wet so it is that towel drying when they come in and then yep. changing over the towels and yeah you know because so much laundry there's <laughs> so much laundry there is a lot of laundry but yeah there's just nothing worse when they're they're constantly wet and as you said getting the skin conditions as well so we want to stay on top of that yeah and like grooming your pets like if they're wet it's really hard to brush them out right so this is the time when a lot of them will potentially develop hot spots because they've got a tangle of matted fur you know how when matted fur gets wet it actually tightens down on them too yeah. so paying really close attention hopefully in the next few days we'll get some dry periods and and I'd really encourage everyone to go out and um, spend a bit of time with their pet and check them over and make sure that they don't have any problems and you know groom out their fur and change their beds and just make sure that they're really comfortable. Because Kimberly that's a misconception where people think and, and I understand it I thought it myself until I went on pet chat and yeah. <laughs> was taught taught the real thing mm. um, but you don't groom groom your, your pets in winter because you think I don't want them to get cold but you know mm. still get them groomed you know 
get them a jacket, make sure they're warm, but yep. you still want to make sure you're on top of that coat. On top of it, yes, yeah. Because this is the time I think where, you know, oftentimes people, you know, dogs sometimes will live in their coats through winter and then they take them off and it's like, oh my goodness, what have we got under here? So, yeah, it's still really important to let the skin um, breathe and air out, particularly, you know, when we do have drier, warmer periods. Hopefully that happens again soon. Friday, we're um, putting all our hope on Friday, Friday at this Friday. point in time. Mm. Look, let's go to the phones. Oh, have we lost the call? Hello, are you there? Oh, they've dropped out. Look, well, we do have a free line available right now if you've got a question for Pet Chat and whoever called, if you'd like to give us a call back. Let's have a look at our dog of the week. We've got Nimbus. Oh, Nimbus is cute. A stunning two-and-a-half-year-old Japanese Spitz cross. Mm, he's cute. What's yeah. that, Kimberly? Uh, Japanese Spitz are a little, um, well, purebred ones are a little, like, white, fluffy sort of thing. So they're sort of um, knee-high, maybe a little bit smaller dogs with, with big, thick coats. This little guy looks like he's got some terrier in it. He's a bit white and um, sort of wiry-looking, but he's a nice, small-looking dog, nice and young. Okay. Well, look, apparently Nimbus is a stunning little girl. So if you would like a special little lady, uh, come and have a look at Nimbus. So a little timid to begin with, uh, but she's a little ball of glorious cuddles (laughs) and will soon be snuggling in with you and aiming for all of the loving pats and reassurance she can manage. She does look like she... um, she loves a little cuddle. It should be easy to spoil. She would be easy to spoil. Um, so if you're interested, she can be a little bit picky. Um, so she needs to have a, a really good home because she is timid and she will find a lot of things overwhelming initially to begin with. So I guess you'd need a little bit of patience in this situation too, Kimberly. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like she's. Um, they're recommending her for a quiet environment. So, you know, probably not a household with rambunctious children, um, maybe some older teenagers or an older couple who's just looking to add a little bit of a companion. Um, dogs are fantastic. You know, for people of retirement age, you get mm. a little dog and gives you something to get you out of the house and go for a walk when the weather's not pouring. Um, but yeah, she looks really lovely. Um, it says she's well-trained. She knows yeah. how to sit and come and drop and do all those sorts of things. Um, so she'll be a perfect companion for someone. Yeah. If yep. you're interested, please head to our Dog of the Week at 2NURFM.com.au. Welcome to the show. We've got Mal in Cardiff. You've got a question for Kimberly today about kennel cough. Yeah, I just wanted to know how long it lasts, roughly. Oh, right. So, well, kennel cough's an interesting one. So kennel cough is the name that we give to... Um, the general upper respiratory tract infection that dogs get. We can vaccinate against kennel cough, um, but we're vaccinating against sort of two out of probably eight or nine different upper respiratory um, organisms that they can get. But for the most part, they are the most common ones that dogs tend to run into. So if you have a vaccinated dog and they come in contact with kennel cough and develop signs, they're likely to get over those signs within about seven days, maybe up to 10 days. And they're usually pretty mild. Unfortunately, if your dog has come in contact with kennel cough and is not vaccinated, sometimes those signs will last even up to four or six weeks and they can be much more um, challenging for both the dog and the owner because the dogs can sometimes have a really bad cough. They can keep you up at night coughing. Uh, We often do put these guys onto some antibiotics if they're seen by a veterinarian and that can help and it can also help with the shedding of some of the organisms. Um, But some of the components that they'll get are viral and so 
So then in that case, antibiotics aren't going to help and you're just going to have to wait it out. I would still recommend getting your dog in to be looked at by a vet. Um, but yeah, it can take a long time. So if you think about, you know, a human who gets a chest infection, chest cold, they'll often have that post-viral cough for four or six weeks after. Sometimes it'll last that long for your dogs. Wow. Okay. Does that, that answer the question for you, Mel? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she actually called it at the vet. Uh, at the vet, okay. At the vet, yeah. 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 And it was about uh, uh, last Friday week. Yeah. You know, she, she, she's had the cough. That's when I took her to the vet. Right. Uh, she was coughing when you took her? No, 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 no. Oh. no. She only started the next day. Oh, right, that. yeah. Okay, it usually usually has a three to five day incubation period. And although we talk about it being kennel cough, we actually, the, the more correct term would be um, canine cough. Um, but they can actually get it even from like a single nose to nose contact or shared water bowls down at the dog park or, you know, on your walk at the lake or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's pretty contagious. The good news is it's very rarely really serious. It can last a long time, but it very rarely causes serious illness. It's just like tedious while you listen to your poor dog hawk and uh, hack and cough and things so is there anything we can do for our dogs when they when they have it is it just keeping them you know comfortable offering them lots of water like just you yeah know, that sort of care? stuff like I said we we do sometimes put them on antibiotics and that's meant to um, hopefully help shedding some of the organisms the the antibiotic that we often use is thought to be immunomodulatory so it can give a bit of an immune system boost okay um, keeping them yeah warm clean all those sorts of things is really good sometimes if the coughing is really excessive or if they have other underlying conditions we will sometimes use, use cough suppressants but those would all be um, prescription drugs. So, and Kimberly, mm. I haven't checked in. Where are we at with the other uh, leptospirosis? Yes, the Harry <laughs> yeah. Potter disease, I call it. The Harry Potter disease, abracadabra leptospirosis. Yeah. Um, listen, so I think the last time we talked about it on air, there had been two cases in our area. We'd had a case at Spears Point and a case at Cooks Hill. Um, subsequent to that, there were two cases identified at um, Madawi. Um, so we're vaccinating lots and lots of dogs against this organism. And as you can see, the wet weather that's, you know, promoting the spread um, has not gone away. Mm. Um, they've actually now reported cases that they're having outbreaks um, on the south coast, south of Sydney. They're having outbreaks in the northern parts of the region. So, I mean, it, it's definitely there. It's, it's out and about. So I would still encourage anybody whose dog. So in particular, if you're seeing rats and rodents around, particularly rats, if you're seeing them around. And, you know, now that I've asked people about it, lots of people are reporting that they're seeing rats. Really? Somebody was saying, oh, I see the rats running along the top of the fence line at night if I flick on my porch light and things okay. like that. So if you're seeing rats, if you know you've got rats around, or if you have a dog who you know um, you know, is going to head for mud puddles, water, you know, standing areas of water. So remembering that this disease, the rats get it. It's a bacterial infection. Then the rats go down and drink water from the puddles, which is numerous at the moment. Um, they urinate while they're there drinking. And then your dog runs through with its mouth wide open because puddles are super fun yes, if you're a dog. Um, and that's how your dog is going to likely come in contact with it. And this is a disease that has a really high case fatality rate. So they're talking about um, 85 to 88% of dogs who get it Jeez. will die. So it's really high. Is that unvaccinated dogs? Yes. Yeah, yep. Yeah, okay. Unvaccinated dogs. Um, and the other thing to be keeping in mind, it's a zoonotic disease. That means it's a disease that your dog can pass to you. Um, the case 
I don't know what the case fatality rate in humans is. It's not that high, but it causes a lot of miscarriage. So, you know, we've got lots of people who are out and about walking their dogs. Their dogs come in contact with it. Potentially, they can bring it home to their family members. So, um, you know, the vaccine we talked about before, it's not a new vaccine. It's nothing fancy. It's been around a long time. It's proven to be effective. Not 100% effective because we know and certainly some of the outbreaks um, further afield have been different strains of leptospirosis. So there's something like 11 different strains and there's not right. super, super good cross protection of our of our vaccine if it's one of those more outlandish um, strains. But the strain that is in the vaccine has been the most commonly one picked up still. So it's absolutely still worthwhile doing. Get into your local vet if your dog hasn't had a vaccine for leptospirosis. And Kimberly, would that be um, something that might go into the, the normal vaccine? vaccinations that we do annually. absolutely it yeah will start being just a regular one absolutely and and even like even before this outbreak you know I would get puppies that were um, from breeders that were a bit further out west and those puppies were often coming to us with a with a lepto as part of their original puppy series so that wasn't uncommon for us to see um, because okay. you know out where cattle properties and stuff there's there's leptospirosis associated associated with cattle and things as well so um uh, so there <laughs> A little, whoops. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so it wasn't uncommon. And I think certainly in our practice, it's highly likely that we're going to keep it as part of our sort of standard vaccine protocol. So where we used to talk about dogs getting a C3 or a C5, they're now going to probably um, be getting a C7. Okay, that's interesting. And I didn't realise that the rain exacerbates uh, this issue. I mean, no wonder that it's there at the moment because it's just been insane. So is that because there is more water, more puddles? Totally, yeah. Right. So I think, you know, if we had a typical summer where we had nice dry patches and stuff, you're not going to have the standing rain, but the standing water, the stagnant water is where um, this disease is really spread. So it's just, you know, a multitude of factors. The, The climatic conditions, the fact that the rodents are all doing pretty well at the moment, um, that has led to the fact that we're now seeing outbreaks. So now mm. rodent's certainly doing well. She's tucked <laughs> up in in a bed with blankets these days. But yeah. yeah, I thought it might be getting too cold for the rodents, but no, they're no. still out and about. Out and and about. I wanted to ask about ticks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still seeing ticks? Because we hear that it's all year round. Are they still? Yeah. Happening? So luckily in our in our practice, we haven't seen many ticks lately, but um, they are around in the Newcastle area. There, we see ticks occasionally all year round, every single month of the year um i think the thing that's probably saving us at the moment is that maybe some dogs aren't getting as many walks and bushwalks and stuff as they were previously because like who wants to be walking a dog in this weather yeah um poor dogs my poor dog how do Um, you how how do you look after your pets when you can't take them out to exercise Mm. got any tips of what we can do throw a ball up and down the hallway yeah i mean we're doing (laughs) some of that you just got to watch slippery floors i'm constantly having this battle with my daughter who wants to run up and down the hallway and we've got really (laughs) slippery tiles in our house and I'm like stop making the dog run she's gonna do her hips in um but yeah absolutely you know when you can you know take the opportunity to get them out for a walk even if you've only got a 10 minute you know break in the rain like try to take them out um throw a ball in the backyard um, you know, if you're if you're braver than me, just suck, suck it up and put on some rain gear. And let, I mean, totally. the dogs don't actually care about the rain most of the time. That's us humans being wimpy. So they'll like yeah. it. But it's amazing when you do finally push yourself to get outside because it's not inviting. You look out mm. and you go, no. But just getting that fresh air it, and it's just it's quite good. Yeah, quite exhilarating, isn't it? Yeah, for, for the animals and you. I always yeah. find ooh, and and that's only going down the end of the street to see Pam and Ken. So yeah. imagine if I actually did a block, I'd be beside myself. Yeah, just put on some good. 
gum boots or you know some shoes that you can get wet and be prepared to change your clothes when you come back and bath your dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Make sure you dry them. Yes, yeah. We had a puppy play date on Saturday and it was pretty wet and muddy in the backyard. Um, and the dogs had a great time. It just you know it just takes a bit of work afterwards. You got to bathe them and get the mud off for if they're house dogs. And yeah, I did the same thing, but it was with the kids. <laughs> You know, so there you go. Look, Kimberly, we're just about running out of time. We haven't said hello to your mum yet. No, she's on air listening. She saw me sitting here keeping you company in the studio. So she's going to miss listening to you too, Sarah, as am I. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Well, look, thank you for making my my last pet chat, not your last pet chat, uh, very special. It's been such a pleasure. But you will be back, Kimberly. Are you back in a fortnight? Uh, I'm back on the 27th. I think David's going to be here for the next couple of weeks, then I'm back on the 27th. Okay. And look, of course, you can always email those questions in as well because you know I do yeah it's really on. good actually yeah, yeah. it is fantastic and you can do that by going to 2nurfm.com.au click on pet chat and there's a link there where you can pop in your questions because we know you might be a little bit busy around lunchtime we understand that Kimberly thank you I will miss you take Sarah chocolate okay I will it's very delicious it is <laughs> I might have a little bit more I need it I need it it's emotional